Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I have a full show for you today. Running back Chris Thompson and I spoke about his health as well as running back Darius Geis. It was for a story that first appeared on ESPN.com. Now you can hear the whole interview. I was also joined by Mike Jones from USA Today and Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. But first, my interview with Chris Thompson. First of all, how are you feeling out there? You look like Chris Thompson. I I, uh, I feel good, man. Um, just still just getting back in the groove of things and um, being able to to have back-to-back practices, being able to, you know, just kind of get my body in a groove opposed to last year. Um, it just feels good, and I, I really got my feet up under me. I feel confident about myself. My body feels good, and uh, it's it's everything's been going great so far. You know, it's funny because people, you see you on the field, but and so people assume you're still who you were. Mm-hmm. What you know, how different though do you feel compared to last year? And at what you know, what point did you actually feel like yourself last year? Um, I, I feel totally different um, than I did last year. I played through pain all of last year. There was not one game where I felt like myself. Um, the first game, you know, we had a pretty good showing in the backfield, but. After that, I was pretty terrible, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. Um, but I really didn't feel good at all last year. There were some games, even in, in, in pregame, where I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it through. I almost told my coach against the Saints that I couldn't play because no. I was, yeah, I was in so much pain. Um, with, so was it just, with the knee or was that with, still the With ribs? the ankle. And the ankle. With my That's ankle, I forgot yeah. you had all that stuff. Yeah. With my ankle uh, from that surgery, I was still really recovering from that. Uh, the knee and the ribs was really no big deal. I mean, I had to miss games, of course, for the ribs. But um, this year, I mean, it feels totally different mentally. Um, I trust in in the ankle a lot more now. I don't I don't worry about it. Um, you know, I still have a couple days here and there where it gets sore, of course, but. Um, for the most part, I feel good. I'm able to get out of my breaks on my right as, as as good as I can on my left side. You know, it's fun. There was a run out here today where I think it was an inside handoff. You paw, it's in the red zone. Pause going through the hole. I think Holcomb fills. You mm-hmm. kind of patient. You see him fill. You burst out. And yeah. It's like that's kind of the Chris Thompson that we've seen. Does that? Do you remember that play? And yeah, yeah, it was a it was a power play. It was on a like a third and three situation. Um, but that's those that's the things and the cuts like that that I'm making right. now that I wasn't confident enough to to make last year. Um, and you know, I, like I said before, I just I feel good. When you see the big thing to me in this camp so far for the offense is seeing you healthy and practicing and Jordan healthy and mm-hmm. practicing. When you two guys are right like that, what kind of boost? What does this do for this offense? Uh, it, it, it helps our offense out a whole lot, just just having both of us here. Um, this offense runs through Jordan. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really great to, to see him there. Um, I was training with him this offseason, so it was just good seeing him being able to, to have a, a, a 
be able to have a healthy offseason and, and be able to get his body back right to where he wants it to be. And, um, you know, when, when we're healthy, it opens up our playbook. Uh, it, makes, it makes things easier for Jay as well, and, and it's tougher on the defense because you got to pick your poison, especially when Jordan's on the field. Um, you got to – you have to double him. If you don't, he's going to win in his routes, and it leaves somebody else on the offense open. How to, you know? You say you weren't ever healthy mentally. How do you fight through all that? Because that can't be easy. Again, where you're always a happy, upbeat guy. Mm-hmm. So I think nobody understands probably what you're really going through because you do kind of mask it pretty well. Yeah, I uh, I let it I let it out for the most part at home when I'm away from everybody. Um, when I come out here, you know, I, I have fun and, uh, you know, going into the games and stuff. And uh, I guess my adrenaline gets going and I and I feel okay to be able to get through, uh, get through enough in the games and stuff. But there, there were a couple of days I had, you know, I had trouble walking uh, after games, but um, it, it's one of those things that just takes time. And over time, it, it just keeps feeling better and better. and. The fact that I was able to finish the season healthy, be able to work in the offseason at my own sure. pace and be able to get away definitely helped too. I don't think people understand how big that is for, again, like, because for, you know, you were coming, last two years, or last, the previous year coming off the injury, yep. and then Jordan, a couple years in a row coming off injuries. How far behind do you feel that puts a guy when you're having to come off surgery and rehab versus strengthening and working out? Because you're, you know, when you think about it, your main focus is whatever your injury is, I'm trying to get that healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do throughout the whole offseason. And then, you know, you you go through the offseason practices or offseason workouts, OTA period, and you're still kind of getting yourself in the groove. And then you get five weeks to be able to get away. But sometimes that, that five-week yeah. break isn't enough. Right. You know, that's during the time guys try to go on vacation, you know, try to take a little break, get away from football. And it's it's, it's draining for sure, um, especially for me. I went through, um, you know, I got there 2017 uh, during the OTA, during that offseason period, right. 2017, April. I, ne- I didn't get to get away and go home again until – this past offseason when you think about it so that's a long time just being around football being around the facility is kind of draining mentally as well you know it's funny I remember hearing that from guys too like that's why you need breaks too one guy I want to ask about too going who went through his own thing is Darius Mm -hmm. and just what's it like for you to see him back out here and what he is maybe doing so far it's it's huge um and I know he's a big part of this offense he's going to be a big part of this offense and a big part of the future here, uh, you know, as the Redskins running back. Um, so uh, I've I've seen him a lot in the offseason uh, when I was here, just him trying to get himself prepared, coming in, getting his work in every day. Um, he had some frustrating times, too. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I went through ACL. <laughs> <laughs> I went through an ACL injury, so I yeah. know how how frustrating it is, and you you get those moments. And he did where he wanted to do a lot of extra work, and the trainers weren't letting him. And um, you know he he didn't really understand because he hasn't really gone gone through right. a major injury like that. That you have to take breaks, you have to take a rest, and it's one of those things that he learned over time. But he's excited to be out here, and um, he's. 
he's been taking it as slow as he possibly can, <laughs> but um, he's a young guy, so he's just, you know, he's pumped to get back it's going. It's funny because he said the other day that was the hardest thing he's gone through, and if you know his story growing up, for him to say that is yeah. just tremendous yeah. to show how difficult it was, mm -hmm. and, you know, and which, which just kind of surprised me, but it's like it just shows you how much football means to the kid. Yeah, it's, uh, especially for a guy like him, um, you you think, and, I, and I'll say think because I don't fully know, right. but football may be his way of forgetting about everything else yeah. that's happened to him. It's it's a getaway for a whole, for a lot yeah, of guys, absolutely. you know, and to have that taken away, it's it, it takes it takes a toll on your mind, you know, mentally, especially when he's seeing us out here yeah. going every, you know, every Sunday and he's sitting at home watching it really I know it is tough. After this break, I'll be talking with Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times Dispatch. We're going to answer this question. Is this a new Jay Gruden we've seen in camp? We'll get right to that after this break. Welcome back. Here's my conversation with Michael Phillips about some early camp observations. Now I'm joined by my guy, Michael Phillips, who just informed me he might be the only guy in the beat who doesn't have his own podcast. Everybody's, everybody's got a podcast. I'm going to be a professional podcast guest. Well, there you go. That's, that's a good way to make a living because it pays well, I hear. <laughs> so so I, hope, I hope the check doesn't bounce today, but I appreciate you joining me. But it is funny how that's become, there's a proliferation, proliferation of podcasts. I listen I listen to a lot of them because I, I drive up 95 all the time and there's there's plenty of time on 95 to enjoy a good podcast and feel rage at the other drivers. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff we go on 95. Let's just avoid that. I had my own issues there the other day. All right. So I want to talk to you about training camp so far. We've been here for it's, it's a week, I guess. We've been here. Um, love Richmond. Love the restaurants and all that. But we're here for football. So one of the things, I, the first thing I want to ask you about is we saw a side of Jay Gruden the other day that we haven't seen before. And I'll, just so in case people don't know what I'm talking about, there's a little bit of, um, there's a, not a little bit, there's a back and forth between the O-line and the D-lineman after the one-on-one -on -one sessions, Jonathan Allen going hard at somebody. During the water during break. The water, yeah, during the water break, thank you. And then they're transitioned over to the 11-on-11. The, the talk carried into the 11-on-11, led to a fight. Gruden basically stops practice. I believe there were F-bombs involved. Next, yada, 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 the O-line and the D-line on the other field running sprints while they did 7-on-7. Seven seven. Gruden wasn't happy. So what did you take from that scene? There have been fights here at training camp, usually during joint practices, but occasionally not during joint practices. Sometimes, like, the player gets removed. Sometimes, you know, the coach steps in and goes, well, like, oh, don't do that. Uh, but you can tell his heart's not in it like he's fine with it. Jay Gruden is, is more down to business at this camp yeah. than I've seen him at any camp. He's been the coach of the Washington Reds. That's exactly my point, too. That's why I'm going to ask you, because I was going to ask you if you felt the same way, because yeah. I remember last year, some of the press conferences, he's always going to be loose in some of these press conferences, and there's going to be occasional joking. There's been less of that. And I think, like, even last year, it seemed like everything was all, he was very loose, and a lot of things were, you know, you, a little bit of a repartee during the things. I'm not seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing a guy who seems to definitely be more businesslike. I mean, 
It, it, it's tenser in the building altogether from the yeah. top down. So yeah. you, you feed off of that. You, you're in that environment every day. Jay's in that office almost every day. You, you feed off of that. It's a tense environment right now. They're not selling enough tickets. They're not winning enough football right. games. You feel that and, and you internalize that. I, I think he's out to prove that he is a better football coach than people give him credit for. And I think he is a better football po- coach than people give him credit and for. And so the other thing I noticed too, along with that, with the more business-like, some of this business-like stuff too comes from the players. Because and I think one of the problems he had with the fight was with Jonathan Allen is supposed to be a team leader. And I don't think he liked that a team leader was talking the way Allen was. Now, Allen, I would, I'm not going to criticize that guy, I think, is a team leader. I think he's the kind of guy you want in the room, on the field, in all facets, and they know that too. You but think he'll be captain? I think he'll be captain. I think, he'll be, I think he should be. I think, I think he should be a voice of the team just because of his attitude and demeanor. But like, it does seem like there's a better, maybe a better combination of guys who are in that mindset plus a coaching staff and a coach that maybe is operating differently. And so you you know you mentioned that I, there's there's certainly there's Bill Callahan he's always run a very tight right. ship um, you know there's position Tom Sula has also been a guy who's always run but you you also see a lot more of those veteran assistants around yeah, this yeah. year Ray Horton I think is you a know good Ray Horton didn't come out of retirement to be six and ten this year right um, you the, these guys are here to win these guys don't have any interest in playing around they're here, they have seen winning football teams they know what winning football teams look like i always go back to when the patriots did the joint practices here and we Big all walked difference. away from it and we just said oh one of these teams is a championship caliber organization yes. they're not there the other is in richmond <laughs> they're they're taking baby steps right. towards that they're not there but this is more of more baby steps than i've seen yeah and i think before we get on to the next subject too i do th- i do look at some of the players they've drafted and brought in guys like Terry McClure and Kelvin Harmon I think those guys are workers I think they help change a culture but the whole defensive line I think a lot filters down from that group and the Alabama guys Landon Collins coming in I think you have a guy who works differently I think Ray Horton has helped make a difference with Josh Norman as opposed to last year that you know clearly wasn't working Torian Gray yep. with, with some of these guys Here's my big, big, big question mark. The D-line's great, and that'll filter down to the linebackers. I'm not worried about the linebackers. You have two highly paid stars, two alpha dogs in that secondary. you got Landon Collins and Josh Norman, and they are both used to being the superstar. Can they coexist? Can their styles coexist? Can they and Ray Horton coexist? That is, to me, the big question mark around this defense. Does that group work together and achieve big things or completely implode? Because that, that's what we saw the big plays last year. There was a lot of the opposite. And there I was. Think, I do think Ray Horton helps in that. They do seem to like him a lot much more. Early, even early on with Torrey and Gray, you could tell there was some friction on Josh's end, um, more so than the young guys who I think were eager to learn from a guy who were coming from college. I think they like a guy who's been in the NFL with Horton who can manage the egos the way he needs to and yet also contribute to a game plan which I think Greg Minuski needs help with on the back end. So I think there's a good sum of there. Yeah. So anyway, next topic, quarterback battle. What have you seen so far? Well, to me, Haskins is the most talented kid here, yes. and it's not close. It's just he makes right. throws. You say, that's amazing. That is an NFL arm right there, Correct. right now. He's not consistent enough to start. He's not your week one starter in my book. I don't think anybody here is pushing him to be the no, week one starter. So I think you just go ahead and wash your hands of that. But no, when this kid clicks, when, when he gets the consistency, I think he's, he's got the chance to be something special. Yeah. Case Keenum and Colt McCoy, and a blind taste test, nine out of ten people could not tell the difference <laughs> between Case Keenum and Colt yeah. McCoy. They, they have their moments. They, they have their. I, I think Colt is a little more versed in the offense. I think Case can, you know, 
he's got his experience, obviously, as well. Uh, let's toss him in a hat in these preseason games and uh, see, see which one and it draws I, out. And I agree with that. I, I do think, with like with, like you said, with Dwayne, he's got the talent. And I also think with Colt right now, that experience in the offense is going to make him look better, I think, than what the other where the other guys are, or at least make the offense look more smooth and fluid and efficient because he does know when to get the ball out. He knows where he's looking. He knows the plays. So I'll be curious to see where this goes at the end of August and into September. If I had to give a, an, a, an endorsement to Colt McCoy, it's that with this offensive line, being able to make a quick decision could be at a premium. Absolutely. That's a good point. So, all right, next next thing. Look at some of the young guys, rookies, first-year guy or second-year guys. Anybody, who are some of the guys that have caught your eyes? I think you start with Terry McLaurin. I think yeah. he's had a fantastic camp. You, you, you mentioned you know, a, a guy who's a worker. He runs a professional route. He if does. it's nine yards in a cut, he has nine yards in a 90-degree yeah. cut. It is very impressive to watch him work, watch his skill set. He, he very clearly studies, and he's translated that out to the field. I got to put, there is a lot of talent from Ohio State here. So. <laughs> really? So Haskins, <laughs> McLaurin, am I missing anybody? Keep going, keep going. <laughs> but yes, no, I agree, with, I agree with that. So any who else? Yeah, okay. it, um, you know, I, I think Wes Martin has the chance to start. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I'd say he's necessarily stood out or, or beat expectations so far, but I think he's done enough to, to get a look and say he's better than Eric Flowers right now at that starting left guard position. So I'd, I'd, I'd probably go ahead and give him the nod. Montez Sweat is a freak athlete. We all knew he was a freak yes. athlete. It's fun to watch him be a freak athlete is, as well. Yes. Yeah. My, I got go, the go two ahead. guys for me, Jimmy Moreland and Cole Holcomb. And I, and I I agree with all the what you just said about the other two. I want to agree with you on Holcomb, another guy, very studious, a worker, and I, I think fits well in that spot where you yes. need to call some plays, you need to communicate, do those things. He's already working with the, with the earpiece in his helmet. That that's a good thing for him to get that experience. I don't. Moreland takes chances. He does. And taking chances is fun in a practice environment what? and less fun in an actual. Correct. Game. And I also think where they have the beauty with Moreland is they can still develop him because yeah. you have Fabian Moreau ahead of him. So it's more for me what I see with him is the competitiveness that's what I like but with Holcomb what I like is you see the quickness and the speed getting to the hole and behind that line that's going to be huge so I think that's that's well, a Holcomb's good. a find he is I, th- I think that's that's one where you kind of scratch your head and like why did he last here why wasn't there more about him so you're still always like well maybe there's something I'm not seeing but in the Matt Ioannidis mold of Jay Gruden draft finds correct yeah now that, that certainly that certainly worked out too Last one. Does anything else stood out to you, whether it's running backs, anything else jumped out to you? Well, I, I would say in the first couple of days we saw a lot of Darius Geis, and I, I think he really yeah. had more of a burst than I expected to see from him. They've almost yeah. tapered him off a bit since yeah. then. Yeah. It, it, this training camp is a reminder every year that they have a, a pretty good collection of talent out here. They do. And, and we forget that by week 14 when yeah. they don't have a collection of talent out there anymore. Well, they're on the IR. But, you know, I, the team that they field out here with the ones for training camp every day is not a 3-13 and 13 football team. Correct. There's too much talent for them. The team they're going to be fielding in Week 8, the way this organization goes, might be a 3-13 and 13 football team. That's the, that's the great big cloud looming over this whole thing. And that's what's funny with this team, too, is that when you look at it, it's like there are a lot of ifs, obviously, with this offense. A lot of ifs, and a lot of things have to go right, I think, for it to click the way that they would need it to be in order to contend for the playoffs. I don't think we're looking at some explosive offense, but you can see, like, if Jordan Reed continues to look like he has here, if Chris Thompson stays healthy, if Guys has Quinn, the explosiveness. if Guys, you know, went out of the and slot. Then, it, then it's like, if the quarterback does this, and he's like, well, but what about the left side of the line? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know about that. 
But that's but there are some parts there where you say it, it allows you to build on that those scenarios, but you know it's hard for it to all come together like that. But there is there is a definite base and it starts with that line's okay, but then if you get Jordan and Chris Quinn, get that, you have the base and the foundation of a passing game that can at least be effective. I think this too. I think the New York Giants are potentially a historically bad football team this year. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I, I I'm just sure think... they'll handle that well in New York. <laughs> So I don't, I don't think this is a fourth-place team in the division. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So. Yeah. All right, Michael, time for your next podcast. It's a pleasure. All right. After this break, I'll be talking with Mike Jones from USA Today. He, of course, covered the Redskins a long time for the Washington Post. What does he think will happen in the Trent Williams situation? Welcome back. Before I get into my conversation with Mike Jones about the Trent Williams situation, I want to give my two, a little bit of my two cents on that and the arrival of Donald Penn and what it means for that situation. Donald Penn said he spoke with Williams. Clearly, I think there's a, and Penn also said that he wanted to go somewhere he had a chance to start. You can do the math and feel like Williams probably told him what he's been telling others, that he's not going to return here. Whether or not that's going to play out, we'll find out. And I think that's what I'm going to get into with Mike Jones. And suffice it to say, I think there is a feeling, and it has been for a while, that Williams would not want to pass up the game checks and the fi- and, and then also pay the fines that he has to for missing camp. And that could be a, a reason he comes back. I know Les Carpenter, the Washington Post, wrote something about that. But that's, I think, been the feeling all along that would he be willing to pass up those game checks. Anyways, I get into that and more with Mike Jones. Okay, so now I'm bringing in my guy Mike Jones live at training camp back in Richmond. It's got to yeah. feel good. It always I don't feels know like it. you never leave. You know, it's just well, like I never leave. I know that. <laughs> you know, and it's just like every time nothing changes, but that's good. After bouncing around <laughs> to a couple places and not knowing where I'm going, it's nice to go somewhere where you know where you're going and you see people that you know. Well, the nice thing I will say this: we're going to get into Trent Williams in a second here, so bear with us. But the nice thing about Richmond is that there's a lot to do. Right. It is hot, but it's hot anywhere. But there's a lot to do. Good places to eat, and as you know, ZZQ is an excellent barbecue place. Shout yep. out ZZQ. On so, the list. It's yeah, on, the it's list. on the list. I'm going to check yes. it out before I leave here. So. Okay, so Trent Williams. That's why I want to talk to you because, from a national perspective, how do you assess this situation? Um, it's it's very um, interesting. You're watching it because you know his importance to the Redskins, um, but you also know that around the league he's a respected player. Right. Um, and so, you know, if the Redskins put it out there that they wanted to trade him, they would have no shortage of suitors. Right. I have not been able to gather that they have yet. Right. There were some reports that, I, from everything I could gather, that was more speculative. The people I talked to um, said that, that was news to them. Right. Now, we also know that Bruce Allen at one times guy. operates on his own. Right. So if there's a conversation, I'm not saying, I never say never here because of just the way that things right. operate. But right now, I don't see... Trent Williams being traded, the stance that I've been able to gather is that, well, if Trent wants to get paid, then he can come to work. Correct. Because we've got two years left on this deal. That's pretty And it's like he doesn't have the leverage that he thinks he does. And it's funny because I've always said that Trent has the most leverage he'll ever have in this, 
but the skins have the ultimate leverage because right. they have the deal and if he wants to get paid they don't have to do anything right and it's like I think you had the fines as what 40,000 a day right right yeah. and like I think his game checks are like it's more than 600,000 per game check yeah that's a lot of change for Trent to miss so right. that's why I almost feel like there's a game of chicken but the Redskins are really playing with with um, with the leverage yeah exactly and I think that they have protected themselves look I know Donald Penn is getting up there in age um, the other guy they signed not a stud but they've made moves so they've got a good contingency plan in place where they're like okay Trent you know we're gonna operate we're gonna you know the show's gonna go on yes they would love to have him back there but it's gonna see who's gonna blink first um, is it going to be as you're getting close to week one and all of a sudden Trent realizes that deposits not gonna be coming um, you know uh, or when you know. is it the Redskins after week one and whoever the quarterback is gets demolished um, because um, you know the the replacements are not good. I don't know, but I, I think that somebody's eventually going to blink here. Right, and, and, and you know what's funny because like when with the trade stuff, what I'd always heard and was told for a few weeks now is like they're not even going to get to that point until the end of August. If they right. feel like he's really, really, really not coming in, and they really don't want to put up with this, that's when they'd really look for a trade. Now, as you said, with Bruce, he's the guy controlling. So unless he's He's the only one who matters in this, right. ultimately, because other guys in the in the organization, as you know, they may not know right now. But I also think they'd have an idea because there would be some discussions about this. Yes. This is not a move you make in a vacuum. I no. think if you're going to do this, say as a staff, say, okay, if we trade Trent, right. what do what is how's this going to look and what do we do? I, it's not you know even though like Alex Smith came out of nowhere or not out of nowhere, they knew they were going to yeah, target him. But, but that was getting somebody. That was getting somebody. That wasn't, wasn't giving away right. one of your best guys. So right. that's why I think you're exactly right. right. There will be discussions before a shoe drops. It's not yeah. going to come out of nowhere that they gave away Trent and I, Williams. And I've had some people there who tell me, it's like, if, if, they were, if we were doing that, I would know already. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I would yeah. know at least that it's a discussion. Exactly. So, exactly. so I, you know, now if somebody comes and gives them a first-round pick, maybe. I don't know. And there's always contingencies I on all that. I still think that there would at least be a, hey, right. looks okay. like this is going to happen right. type of thing. Um, I don't think that, that Bruce trades him away without talking to, you know, what, what do you think the value is for him around here? You know, that's the thing I've been trying to get a, a gauge on because, yes, he's very talented. Um, he's made the Pro Bowl a lot of years, but he also has gotten hurt a number of years. He's missed a lot of time. I'm trying to remember the last time he had a full season. Um, so I, I think could the Redskins, I mean, they could definitely get, you know, a second or a third round pick for him. Could they get a first round? I mean, it depends on how desperate a team is. Um, they can definitely try for that. Um, it's just a top-level left tackle um, right around his age. You know, you, it's those guys don't don't come along very easily. So the Redskins have the leverage to really demand a lot. But it's I don't know if a smart organization, which is what Trent want to go to, a winning organization. I don't know if they're going to just cough up a first-round pick and another pick for him. Right. I think that's. I had someone yesterday or the other day tell me like. A second and a th- or a second right. or a third at worst. Right. So obviously people think I don't think there's going to be this massive haul for him for right. the reasons you said. I mean, look at at the end of his deal. Look at it's it's the injuries and like the accumulation of those injuries and what kind of players are going to be for how long. If you're giving up a first, either in a clearly win now mode and maybe you're like the Patriots who you figure we're picking in the 30s anyway. Right. So what difference does it make? But. Um, you know, short of that, I think it'd be hard. Like Houston, Cleveland, maybe, but yeah. like, I just think it'd be hard to get what they want right. at this point. But you know, um, but where, where do you think he stacks up with other tackles in the league? I mean, everybody here is going to say he's the right. best tackle. 
No, I, I think he is among the best left tackles out there. Um, I think that, you know, when, when you compare his athleticism, when you compare his versatility, his versatility I mean, he's great run-backing, pass-blocking, um, When you the way he plays through pain. Um, I think that he is among the best out there. Um, but we got the security guy shuffling people <laughs> along here. <laughs> we, we said we're live. Um, I, so I do think he's up there among the top left tackles in the game. He obviously certainly um, was well-regarded um, and, uh, you know, made the top 100 list, and that's voted by your peers. Um, so you know he's elite. Is he the best left tackle? Subjective. I don't know. Subjective. You know, some people have him on their list as yes. Some yeah. people will say he's two or three. And I think the injuries are a bigger factor than right. the talent at this point. Um and these guys—they're just standing right by us, and, they, and they're not—they're not moving. And he's asking the guy to move, and he's just not moving. These Redskins fans want to see their long, Redskins. Yeah, there's a long conversation here. Let's scoot over here for a minute, just for a minute. Um, so, um, so in, in the end, what do you think happens? Um, I think that somebody's going to blink. I don't know if it's Trent just before the start of the regular season. I could see after training camp's over, after you're back in Richmond, I mean back in Ashburn, and you're realizing that you're not going to get that game check, I think that he could blink. Um, or the Redskins, uh, Dan Snyder could go and get on that plane and be like, hey, I think that's the, the best bet is if he goes and gets on that plane, flies down to Houston and says, hey, what's we really need you. Come on, let's go. And they get this thing done. I don't know if it happens, if they get him back here after a debacle of a first game or if it's right before the regular season starts. But I think that he's going to wind up playing this year for the Redskins. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing the other thing I wonder with that, too, is, like, if it's if it truly – I, I, everything I've heard is medical staff related. Right, right. So, but, you know, then D'Angelo Hall comes out and says that, you know, Trent said he wants his staff fired. I mean, right. the likelihood of that is what? Um, I don't think it's likely to happen. Um because when you think about it, um, you know, all the years that he's been here, Larry Hess has a very good relationship with Dan Snyder. Yes, he does. Um, Larry Hess is a good guy. I know that there have been players that have issues with him. I know there are players who love him. Right. Um, but he has the friendship and support of Dan Snyder. Yes, he does. I don't see Dan Snyder firing him and that staff to make a player happy because you set a dangerous precedent when you right. do something like that. It's also a tough time to review that because you're not going to be able to make up, yeah. build a staff no. at this time of the year. There's just no way you can do no, that. So. Exactly. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. Enjoy Richmond. All right, man. Talk to you later. Appreciate it. That's all for now. Thank you to Chris Thompson, Mike Jones, and Michael Phillips for joining me. And as always, thank you for listening.